Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeking Other People. Today's episode is one that I have been wanting to do in the back of my mind for a very long time. But it's one of those things where like, you know, you have a crush on somebody from a distance and you know, you're kind of like social media friends and you know, like you're totally social media friends, but you've never actually like asked them to get drinks. This was exactly that with Michael K from OkCupid. He and I have followed each other for years and like we've talked a ton of times in the DMs. We're always keeping up to date with what the other's doing. And I literally feel like I've known him for half my life. And we've only met once in person. It was very, very brief. And for so long, I'm like, I need to get Michael K on seeing other people. Like Michael K would be the perfect guest. Michael K would have so much to say on this topic. Michael K can help people with their profile, all of these things. And for so long, I didn't do it. And I really regret that, but I'm so glad that it finally happened. So obviously today we have Michael K on the podcast. He is the global head of communications at OkCupid. And we are going to talk about do's and don'ts for profiles. You guys, I know we've talked about profiles before, but I can't tell you like every single time one of you comes to me, but this happens like multiple times a week for a dating app profile revamp. I'm like, listen, you're coming and paying for this when I've given you and my guests have given you all the things you need to be doing for free on the podcast. Don't get me wrong. I love when you sign up for dating app profile revamps and I can make some money, help pay rent, help fund Barclays puppy life. But at the same time, I want you guys to be set up for success. And I want you to feel confident about your profiles. And I want them to be doing you favors and not holding you back. So we are here. We're going to talk about profiles. We're going to talk about photos, prompts, conversations, all the do's and don'ts for those biggest mistakes people are making, what you can do to be better. We are going to talk about trends that are happening in the dating world right now. Some differences between Gen X and millennial dating. Um, a lot of really popular kind of like newsworthy issues that are impacting the way people are dating politics, um, whether or not someone's pro-choice, Black Lives Matter. All of these things are really important in you know what we're looking for and who we're looking for and wanting to be aligned with our partners. And so we talk about a lot about that and a lot about how you can, you know, filter for some of these things and some other questions you need to be asking to know if someone's on the same page with you as not with you or not. That's the word. That's the phrase. That's the way to say it. Words are hard. I know I've said that before, but you guys, words are really hard. And one of my favorite topics ever to be touched on, on seeing other people, we're going to hear what Michael has learned about love from Taylor Swift and from working at OkCupid, but mainly from Taylor Swift. All right. This episode is really great. I'm so excited to share it with you. I'm so excited to bring Michael in. Before we do, I just want to, you know, thank you guys for listening, for coming back, for following on Instagram. If you have not yet sent this episode to a friend or sent any of your favorite episodes to friends, please do. It helps more than you know. It's really like the best thing you could do to support me, to support the show. Um, if you you know, want a one-on-one -on -one session with me, you can sign up for an emotional support human session. You can sign up for a dating app profile revamp. Links for those are below in the show notes. You can also buy me a coffee if you're just like, wow, Anna, this episode really made my day or last week's episode really helped me and I appreciate you so much and I just want to buy you a coffee. That makes me smile. It makes me so happy. It means the world. So love you all. Send this to the group chat. Send this to your Slack channel. Send this to your best friend, your cousin, your neighbor, your coworker, your tennis pro whoever it is. Let's do it. Let's get into the episode. We are here. I am so, so excited, you guys. We have Michael K, Global Head of Communications, OkCupid, in the house. Welcome to Seeing Other People. 
I could not be more excited to be here. I've been dreaming about this day for so long. I don't know what took us so long to make this happen. I know. We like played hard to get with each other for a while. <laughs> and we finally took the next step in our relationship. Literally. We're, we're DTRing now. It's happening. <laughs> you guys, Michael and I have been like friends from afar via social media for years now. And I don't know. I feel like you're somebody who without... We met in person once, but like, I just feel like I'm constantly inspired by you. And I feel like you're somebody, just everything you put out there, it like pushes me to want to like be better. And I just appreciate that so much about you. So thank you. Thank you. That was so sweet. Um, I feel like the reason why I have followed you for so long and been a listener of your podcast since the very first day is because every conversation you have, whether it's by yourself or, or if it's like with someone else, it just feels like I'm listening to a best friend talk on the couch at home with a glass of wine. And that's what everyone, I feel like that's what everyone is looking for in a podcast that they listen to. That means the world. Also our couches are only a few blocks away. So we need to just start doing that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Whether recorded or not. Um, But I would love to hear, and just to give everyone a little more background on you, how you ended up at OkCupid. I know you've been there for a while. I know OkCupid's been around for a while, but what brought you here and why why do you stay in it? Yeah. um, So we've been around for almost 20 years, so quite a long time. Um, But I joined the company in summer 2019 And I joined after the former CMO slid into my DMs on LinkedIn. And she was like, I love your posts on LinkedIn. I like your background in PR. Would you be open to having a conversation? And I was like, okay, what is OkCupid? What's the dating app space look like? I had not been on a dating app for so many years. I'm actually still dating the first guy I ever met on a dating app. Crazy. Um, So dating apps definitely do work. And I love it for you, but I also hate it. I I know. Like I'm, I feel like I'm like a a great case study for dating apps, but also like didn't have a lot of experience with dating apps. So like (laughs) pros and cons. Um, But as I started looking into OkCupid and seeing everything that they stood for, I realized that the brand just so closely aligned with my own personal values. Um, And over three years later, still here and absolutely loving it. Pun intended. Loving it. Amazing. That makes me so happy to hear. And, you know, obviously, like I had my experience at Hinge and, and, you know, same parent company. We're all family here in Match Group. But I totally can see like how you and OKCupid like shared all the same values. And, you know, we talk about a lot of dating apps on this show. And I feel like I always bring up how I feel like OKCupid is for like the most intentioned dater. And if I were dating now, like I would be trying to get, I feel like most people like my age are not on OkCupid. And it pisses me off so much because it's like, if you really want to find somebody like OkCupid, I feel like gives you the best opportunity to share who you are and find somebody who values the same things as you and wants the same things. And I'm curious, you know, why I guess like it's less mainstream than the hinges, bumbles, and tinders of the world. Yeah. Um, so you kind of hit the nail on the head. The The biggest difference between OkCupid and all the other dating apps out there, because there there's a ton. Um, so there's a ton that people are able to choose from. But for us, we bring in a higher intent dater because of the way our product is designed. So if you are looking for a quick hookup or you're into swipe culture, that's absolutely fine. And we want you to own that. 
but you're likely not going to be turning to the okay cupids of the world. Um, we make you work a little bit when you create yeah. a profile. So you have to answer 15 of our matching questions. You have to fill out all these prompts. You have to add multiple photos. It's not simply your name and location and call it a day. Mm -hmm. um, and we have thousands of in-app questions that match people on what matters to them. And obviously it's everything related to dating, relationships, and sex, but it's also everything that's really top of mind for millennial and Gen Z daters. So we have questions about Black Lives Matter and climate change and marriage equality and reproductive health care because so many millennials are like, I am not going on a date with someone who doesn't vote or someone who does not believe climate change is real or who would never walk in the streets for Black Lives Matter. So we try to like show you everything we possibly can about a person before you waste your time going on a date with them. Um, and my favorite part of the app is we actually have a match percentage on your profile. So if I'm swiping and I see someone, I can click on that match percentage. It'll tell me how compatible we are. And that what goes into that score is what you say you're looking for, what I say I'm looking for, and then all the questions that you answered in common. So that's pretty nice that you can see that level of detail right on their profile. It's amazing. And I mean, I always see like anytime there's any big movement or, you know, like any Black Lives Matter thing, any, you know, Roe v. Wade, like you guys jump on it. Like, let's help people out in this situation. And I just have so much respect for that. And it's something where like I hear all the time, I, you know, I could never go on a date with somebody who doesn't believe in XYZ thing. Like, how can I filter for those things on these apps? And it's like, not every, you can't on every app, but there are some yeah. apps where you really can. And there will literally be badges on somebody's profile that show you what they stand for. And I just think, you know, in, in the world we live in now, it's so necessary and so important to find somebody who is aligned with you on these important matters. Absolutely. Yeah. We've had a Black Lives Matter badge. We've had an I'm pro-choice badge, a climate change advocate badge, you name it, all the way down to a Game of Thrones badge. Oh my God. That's amazing. I love it. So, Okay. I want to talk a lot about profiles mm -hmm. because this is something where I feel like if you have a bad profile, no matter what app you're on, you are not setting yourself up for success. But if you, you know, take the time, put in real thought and intention into your profile, that is when you are really giving yourselves the opportunity to meet somebody and match with someone who makes sense for you and who you can build a relationship with. So I guess my first question is, what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making with their profiles? Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes and definitely a huge turnoff for me when I'm looking at my friends dating profiles and I'm like swiping for them. Um, the biggest turnoff I see is someone who's writing in their prompts or their about me section, whatever it is. And it's just like a list of swipe left if. And it just puts such a sour taste in my mouth because you're starting off your first impression with someone in such a negative light. And I think it's so important to know what is important to you in a match and definitely call that out. But instead of focusing on what your deal breakers on, I really recommend people instead highlight what their deal makers are. So what makes you swipe right on someone? Why would you want someone to swipe right on you? That's what you really should be shining a light on instead of all these things that are a turnoff for you, because then you're going to be a turnoff for someone else. 
Yeah, totally. I see that all the time. And it's like swipe left if, or like, I don't, it's like the one thing you should know about me is I don't want to date you. If you do blank, 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 or like, no, whatever, please. Like, no, that first of all, that doesn't say anything about you other than that. I know that you're either a glass half empty person or you're just like really picky and maybe you're not going to like what I have to give you. And so that's something where, yeah, if you guys have anything like that in your profile right now, go click edit, delete, and we're going to work on something new. Yeah, no, totally agree. And another thing I hear from daters all the time is that they have no idea what to actually write in these profile prompts. And I think you need to think about everything that you're filling in in your profile as something that's going to be a conversation starter for people. So I always tell people just make lists. Yes, that's exactly what I say too. I love lists. Yeah, they're great. So like, I don't know, when you're filling out your profile, think about like, you can list the books that are on your coffee table or nightstand or the songs that you're going to, that they'll be able to find on your Spotify playlist or even the vacations that you still want to go on. Guys especially definitely need as much help as you can possibly give them. So if they read something like you are a laid back woman and you're looking for a man, they really have no idea how to respond to that, what to say. So put stuff on your profile that is going to make a guy, girl, whoever make, uh, it'll give them something that's easy to respond to and they can ask you about it. So that's why I think lists always, always work. Exactly. I had one list in my profile and this is actually what Jake and I really connected on. What happened was I liked a picture of Jake and his mom and which I think is funny, but, and he messaged me and mentioned something in one of my lists. And it was, I won't shut up about Sugarfish, which is, if you don't know Sugarfish, it's my favorite sushi restaurant. My dog, Zoe, who was like my whole world at the time, um, the Jonas brothers and whatever song I'm listening to on repeat right now. And that list gave people four things about me that are pieces of information about my life. Like if you would ask any of my best friends, like give me four defining factors of Alana, like what makes Alana Alana? Those are literally the four things they would say. And so he messaged me and was like, I actually love the Jonas Brothers too. And now we've been to what, like two Jonas Brothers concerts together. We just bought tickets to go to Vegas to see them again twice together. Like it's a huge part of our relationship. And, you know, it could have been a complete misconnection had I not had that on my profile. Yeah, you you need to help people out. And um, I feel like on that note, like photos, photos are really important. Um, And that's just another way to help people figure out why you two might be compatible or what their first message could be. So ditch the selfies. Like we're, we're so over those. Upload photos of things that you just love doing. So if you're at a Taylor Swift concert, upload a photo of that. Because that'll give me something, uh, that'll give me a reason to say what's your favorite album. Or what's yeah, it tells a story. Song. Yes, you have to like paint the picture of who you are, what you're interested in, what you like to do for fun. And that'll help people not have to say hey or hi in their first message because those messages just don't work. They're so easily ignored. What are your thoughts on having group photos or photos with friends? Because I know that can be pretty controversial. Yeah, I think they're absolutely fine as long as they aren't your first one to three photos because you have to keep in mind there are so many people that are on dating apps right now. I mean, 
on OkCupid, three million people recently said they know someone who got married from a dating app. That's a huge amount of people and singles. So if they see a group photo right at the front, a lot of people don't have patience to play Where's Waldo with it. And they're just going to swipe because they don't have the patience to be like, which one are you? Let me go through all your photos, figure out which one you are in that. So I would say your first one to three, focus on yourself. After that, if you want a family shot, if you want a group friend shot, absolutely fine. Just don't make it your primary photo. Totally. I agree completely on that. I'm curious. I know, you know, for people who are straight, people always say like, don't put a photo with somebody of your desired sex, somebody who could be perceived as an ex. What about in the LGBTQ plus community where if like, let's say somebody's bi or somebody's gay, like how do you navigate like, oh, is this person somebody to them or not? Yeah, I think, I mean, so I think you got to go into the, um, go in with a mindset that hopefully if you are looking at someone's dating app profile, they are not showing off a significant <laughs> yeah. because that would just be awkward as hell. Um, so again, I think it's totally fine if you're a gay man and you have a photo with one or two or who, however many gay men. I mean, I see so many photos on dating apps of gay men where it's like big groups of uh, people at Fire Island, same on Instagram. Um, that's just the culture and there's, you know, everyone has their click, so it's totally fine. Um, but again, I would just put them to the back of the album so yeah. that there's no confusion. But I'll even see people write in their bios. I think I see this more with straight people that they'll clarify, that's my sister. Or if there's like a photo with a child, it's like, that's my niece, that's my nephew, that's a cousin. Um, so yeah. if you're nervous about that, throw it in a bio. I feel like I've, I've seen that too a million times. And for some reason, that comment is what rubs me the wrong way. I don't yeah. know why. It's like, well, I would hope that this is not your ex. It's but- like, yeah, I mean, I guess I can see that too. Like it's almost bringing up an issue that wasn't there originally. And now you're questioning it. Yeah. I, it's so funny. Um, do do you know about the whole like Sabrina Carpenter, Olivia Rodrigo, Joshua Bassett drama? No. From Okay. Well, so Olivia Rodrigo um, and her ex from High School Musical, the musical, the series were dating. And then they broke up because of Sabrina Carpenter, allegedly, who was like the older blonde girl that she wrote about in her songs. Okay. Anywho. Sabrina Carpenter recently came out with a song and she's talking about how like by the time all the drama went down, like she and him had already broken up and there's a line in it that I like thought was really powerful, but like kind of funny, but also ironic. And it was like dating boys with exes. I wouldn't recommend it. I love that. I'm here for that. Yeah. It's just like, look, everyone has a past. You also have a past and yeah, I like your your point of like just assume that they're not putting their ex on their profile. Yeah, I would I would hope not. Um, but I know I know that's like a controversial topic. I feel like it's the same as if you keep photos of past relationships on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I personally think it's weird, but I I understand that like some guys specifically like don't use Instagram a ton, and for them it's like I don't even know what I was posting in twenty seventeen. Yeah. I just think it's weird though. I think I it's a funny concept. And I pointed out to Jake recently that, you know, he and I live together now and he's never posted me on his Instagram feed. 
that being said, he has not posted on his Instagram feed in three years. But I can't believe that I feel comfortable being with a guy who has never posted me on his Instagram feed. Because like past me from a few years ago would not, I would have been so self-conscious about that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's funny. Even like I have ex-boyfriends who, you know, they're engaged now and their Instagram feed is like maybe 25 pictures long from the last 10 years. And it just goes from like, one ex-girlfriend to then pictures of the next ex-girlfriend to then pictures of like now fiance. And I'm like, that is weird. Yeah. I'm not into that. (laughs) No, not at all. Um, but I don't know. I think I still have, I think I still have photos of exes on my Instagram, but I also post so much that you'd really have to scroll back for like five minutes to get to them. Yeah. 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 What about, I'm curious your thoughts or your pointers or do's and don'ts for starting conversations. I know we mentioned like, don't start with hi, but are there any really good opening statements? Um, and any other like really bad opening statements I think would be helpful. Yeah. So we actually ask our daters about this and the best icebreaker that people say is either asking them a question or mentioning something that they saw on their profile because that just shows them that you know this person actually took time to look through my photos to read my bio to learn a little bit about me and they're starting off by showing that they made an effort so i always like and that's why we talk about the profile so much because you want to give people enough content to work with but i think mentioning something on a profile is a great way to start a conversation or simply asking a question about like, I mean, we're filming this right now after Labor Day. So maybe it's like, what did you do over the holiday weekend or just something that like gives them something to respond to? Yeah, I think that's so smart. And, you know, to your point earlier about like guys need a lot of help responding to things like just the more you can give in your profile, the more you will get in a conversation. And the more attention you pay to someone else's profile, Mm -hmm. again, like it's going to pay off. And I feel like there are so many people out there who are struggling so much on dating apps. And then, you know, like they'll come to me for a profile revamp and I'll be like, well, I'm so glad you came to me because there is so much we can do here. And I like, I'm sorry that you've had this terrible experience, but it's very clear why. So let's fix it. And it really is a matter of putting in the time and effort. Like, think about it. You wouldn't just send a resume that you spent five minutes on to a job you were applying to. You would take hours. You would have people proofread it who know you, who know what you've done. You would, you know, look at the job description of a job that you want and see what they're looking for and tweak your resume to that. And I think you really have to go into a dating app profile with the same type of mindset of like, all right, I'm going to put the work in here to get out what I want. Totally. And I mean, I'm not, I'm in a relationship, so I'm not dating, but you just made me think about how frustrated I get when I'm on LinkedIn and I'll get a message from a recruiter that's like, saw your background and thought you would be excellent for this financial services role or something. And I'm like, wait, I've worked at a dating app for over three years. And prior to that, I worked on all these like consumer products. So like, what about my profile screams financial services? Yeah, I've gotten LinkedIn messages about like engineering and nursing programs. I'm like, (laughs) in what world? No, 
So it's just like show someone that you took like a second to learn about them. Yeah, exactly. What was the conversation that you and Parker, right? Yes. That you and Parker had on the app when you first matched. Oh, I forgot what we were talking about. But for me, it was like a little bit of a different experience. So I, I met my boyfriend um, during the summer after college graduation, and I was still in the closet. And the reason I turned to dating apps were because it was the only way for me to discreetly talk to other gay men. Um, and I would talk to all these guys, and then I'd be too scared to meet up with them. So the second the conversation went to like, do you want to grab drinks? Do you want to grab dinner? Whatever. I would like freeze and I would get so nervous and I did what everybody does. I delete the app, I redownload it. And I remember one Friday night, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm deleting the app in a second. And I came across his profile. There was like photos of him as a camp counselor. I worked at camp. That made me swipe right. And I forget what we started talking about, but within a week I had deleted the app and we kept talking via text and there was something about him where I was like, okay, I'm comfortable meeting up with him. And we've been together for over eight years now. Wow. It's insane. All because of the camp counselor picture. Yeah. Because there was a photo for me to respond to. Exactly. That, that you connected with. Yes. Yep. Wow. I love that so much. I'm curious, you know, since you mentioned that, you weren't out of the closet yet when you went on the apps. Um, I recently recorded an episode with an ex of mine who has since come out as gay. And he mentioned that when he wasn't out yet, he was on dating apps, but specifically would not date within the Jewish community because he thought that that is how he would end up getting outed or somebody would know him through somebody and somebody else like would make yeah. that connection be like, Oh, like, this is Jordan and you know, he's on this app and swiping on men. Um, did you have any fears about that when you were using the apps? Yeah. Well, so I'm Jewish also. And I think every Jew can relate to geography where we all literally know each other and have yeah. like some kind of connection. So I remember I downloaded JD and pretty quickly saw someone I had went to private school with and I was like, okay, absolutely not. And deleted that app. Um, then I downloaded Grinder, and for someone who was in the closet, it was a little bit too explicit for me. Mm -hmm. um, so quickly got off that, and then I found Tinder, and that was like a happy medium for me. But I remember I like made my distance far enough where I wouldn't just be seeing people in my own backyard. And I, for, I was in Rockland County at the time. My boyfriend lived in Dutchess County. So we we were over an hour away from each other wow. when we matched. So that was like a way for me to be like, okay, I don't need to be connected with anyone who I went to high school with. Um, and I went to a state school. So I, all my friends were in New York. So I was like really nervous about that for sure. Yeah. Well, it all worked out and, and you found your way. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. Love that. Okay. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about... You know, obviously, like like you mentioned, it's cuffing season. What are we seeing among daters right now in terms of trends, in terms of things that are working or that people really want when it comes to early stages of dating? Yeah. Um, well, in terms of like timing, what's interesting at OKCupid, we work 
really closely with data scientists, behavioral psychologists, data coaches, sociologists, you name it. And um, in terms of like when this is really going to kick off, um, we're predicting that Sunday, November 6th, is going to be the official, official kickoff to cuffing season this year. And that's based on analyzing data trends from the past couple of years. Um, and we expect to see the biggest spikes in matching happening between Halloween and Thanksgiving with about 25% jumps in matches at the highest point. So it's definitely going to be a huge, huge time to be on a dating app, which is why I get your profiles ready now. Um, but that's really interesting. And in terms of like what we're seeing um, related to like what daters are looking for, some of them are super surprising. Some of them are not. So one that's like not surprising to me is that communication is like the top of people's priority list for a partner. Um, singles on our app who say that they're good at communicating are actually receiving 40% more conversations than those who aren't. And they're also receiving more likes. So like we say communication is so important when it comes to relationships, but it's also super important when you're still dating and you're single. How many of those people do you think, the people that say they're good at communicating, how many of them actually are? So I would say my guess, based on nothing besides my personal opinion, is that on OkCupid at least, people are really honest with how they answer yeah. the questions because these questions move to a separate part of the app. So it's not like you'll see Michael and then the questions I answered so mm -hmm. I think because people don't see them immediately, you got to kind of work to find the questions after you answer them. That's they true. are more open to being honest. And there's not a single question on our app. We have like 5,000. There's not one question that's required. So if you don't want to answer a question, you can just skip it and keep it moving. So that's why I'm like actually comfortable with saying that I would say like the majority answer our questions pretty honestly. You know what? I love that. And that re make, that gives me hope um, because, yeah, like you said, like especially in the early stages of dating, like communication is so important. I mean, I talk to friends and listeners all the time who they get the most anxiety between dates like two and five or two and six when they don't know what the other person's thinking. They have no idea what the other person's intentions are yet, but they're starting to develop feelings and they don't want to, you know, text too much, but they don't want to not text enough, but they're not sure because they can't read what the other person's thinking because they're not communicating and it becomes a complete disaster. So yeah. I, th it's, I think, you know, knowing that people want, other people to be communicating in dating. It's like you give what you, you get what you give. And so, you know, I think for anyone who's struggling out there with not knowing what the other person's thinking, like you might have to be a little bit vulnerable and ask yeah. and share what you're thinking in order for them to get that hint and share it back. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of on that note. And this is a trend that I kind of loved that we saw. Um, but one thing we're seeing now amongst daters is that emotional maturity is a huge turnoff. So um, almost 10 million daters on OkCupid said it's important to have an emotional connection before a physical one. And we're actually seeing Gen X and millennial women are the most likely demographic, uh, demographic to say so. So you have to be compassionate and empathetic and vulnerable when you're on a dating app and when you're dating in person. 
Um, so have a good sense of humor, take responsibility. That's something that people are really looking for. And I mean, who wouldn't want that? That's nice to say. Yeah, I'm totally aligned with that. Where an emotional connection and, and emotional maturity like is, I think, the most important thing for me. Like, yeah, I can look at somebody and be like, oh, he's hot, but not yeah. want to, you know, date him or be with him. And um, I forget, I was talking to a friend the other day who like thought they saw the hottest person ever, like from across the bar. And then they started talking. And within two minutes, she was like, oh, my God absolutely not like cannot have a conversation <laughs> with this person so it really does go to show like you you have to you know know what you want and know what you're looking for and be able to be open about that yeah yeah and then another trend we're seeing which i think is going to shock my parents for sure is that politics really just isn't a taboo topic anymore um you know, it's not something that daters are not talking about. Almost 10 million people on our app said they like to discuss politics with their romantic partner. And, you know, this is a huge change from older generations. Um, and we're seeing young daters really lead the charge here. More than half of our Gen Z and millennial daters on OkCupid prefer that their date shares their same political views. Um, and more than 2 million, million Gen Z and millennial daters said, that they would just never date someone whose political views are the exact opposite of theirs. It's just not something that they're willing to do anymore. Whereas like my parents, my dad's a Republican, my mom's a Democrat, and they will be married 60 years next year. So wow. very different from what we're seeing amongst the Gen X daters or Gen Z daters and millennial daters of today. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I have a friend and I think he is so great and so eligible and I want to set him up with people so badly, but he's had experiences that haven't gone well in the past because he is a Republican. And so he's like, I, I'm like, I have people to set you up. And he's like, I need to, I need them to know that I am a Republican and I need them to be okay and accepting of that. Yeah. And I mean, I remember when he was in, he was in, um, grad school and he was asking me like for all this advice he's like on oh, like I keep bringing these girls back to my apartment like after a few dates and things are going really well and then after they come into my apartment like they never want to see me again and I'm like well is your make America great again hat out on your bookshelf still and he's like yeah I'm like that's probably why because they're not aligned with you and so you know it's it's the world we live in today where you really yeah. do want to be on the same page as someone whatever your beliefs are and you know I was with a couple over this past weekend at a wedding and they share the same political beliefs, but one of them wants to talk about politics and different causes all the time. And the other doesn't. And you can definitely see like there's tension in that because, you know, she wants to bring things up. She wants to go to protests and do all these things. And he's just like, Oh, like again, like, do we really have to keep talking about this? And so it, I mean, I feel like now more than ever, it, it really does matter. Totally, totally. And I think I think the biggest difference between older generations and our generation is that maybe older generations focus more on politics and your and your political parties, where I don't know how much it's really about if you're a Democrat or Republican or moderate or whatever it is. I think it's more about the issues that are at stake. Do you support marriage equality? Right. Do you think um, we have a racial justice issue in this country? I think that's at the core of what daters really care about. Um, and politics is kind of just like an umbrella way of packaging it up. Um, so that's why I do encourage people that even if you see someone who might have, might say they have different political views than you, 
take a minute to like kind of dissect that and see where they're at. Cause there are Republicans that I know who support a woman's right to choose. You know, exactly. you ha- it's it's important to like peel those layers of it. Exactly. And and I mean to my point that I just made, like you could be on the same side of the political spectrum as someone else, but have a completely different interest in mm-hmm certain topics and certain issues. And so I think just because, you know, if, if I'm a Democrat and you're a Democrat doesn't mean that we're going to agree on everything and we're going to be as involved. So I do think, you know, learning about someone's interests and passions and and what they really care about and what their interest level is in these things is really important, especially if you know, you're like very interested or very not interested in participating in these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to switch gears to a very fun topic because anyone who knows Michael K knows that he is a Swifty. So a huge Swifty. I have for anyone listening, I literally have multiple tattoos of Taylor Swift album names all over my arm. That's like beautiful. Dedicated. I love that so much. And, and I've seen pictures of them and they're beautiful. So I want to talk about what, you've learned about love from Taylor Swift? Oh, so much. Um, It's funny that you asked this question because I was literally talking about this today. Um, uh, What I was talking about with my, like my coworkers is that when I finally get married and walk down the aisle, I want to walk down the aisle to an instrumental version of the song Lover. Um, And actually that album I love all her albums, but that album was the first time I said to myself, I need a tattoo of her albums. And Lover was the first one I got. And in that song, there's one line that's like, can we always be this close forever and ever? And especially being in a relationship that's, I mean, over eight years at this point, like sometimes I'll go back to that like first summer that we were together. And I'm just like, I want us to always be that excited to see each other or talk to each other. And it's just, I feel like she's the queen of love songs. I'm like going to cry already just hearing (laughs) you talk about it. It's a a little background for you. My Swifty journey began earlier this year, actually. I've always, you know, liked her music. I know a lot of words to all of like her mainstream, like pop songs. You know, if it's, if it's been on the radio, I know all the words, but obviously there is that that's hardly even scratching the surface of Taylor. And I was on a bachelorette party and I was unaware that I was on a bachelorette party with, seven Swifties and me. And so we got back from, you know, the restaurant club place that we went to that first night and we're sitting on like the rooftop pool area of this house that we rented. And all of a sudden someone puts on the 10 minute version of all too well. And all of a sudden everyone is singing it and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this is so magical. And I hate that I am not able to participate in this and just seeing like the passion that they were all singing with and like starting to hear some of these lyrics that I'd never heard before. I was like, wait a second, how did Taylor know that that happened to me? Like, how did she do that? And it was just crazy. And I literally said to them, I was like, you guys, by the end of the weekend, I'm going to know every single word to the 10 minute version. And they're like, no way. Because obviously it's like two days left. I did it by the time I landed back in New York. I knew every word and I think I listened to it every day. So anywho, that is when 
and where my Swifty journey began. And I, you know, I'm trying to go slow but steady. And I am just so blown away by the relatability, the realness, the rawness, like all of it. And I wish that I had really taken a dive in the deep end, like so much earlier. The relatability is, is I think the, the part that gets me. Like I first started listening to her in high school because my best friend, Kristen was a big Taylor Swift fan when she was still country and I liked country music. Um, so I feel like every era of her, I've been like, wait, this is like really relatable to what's happening right now. Um, and for anyone who's any of your listeners who are in Manhattan, soul cycle, Scott does a Taylor Swift ride every Thursday morning at eight 30 on East 63rd. And it wow. is life changing. I might have to go. It's honestly like I, I laugh, I cry all the emotions. Wait, I think I have to go. It's so good. And I can commit to an 8.30. Like that sounds like, it's still a stretch, but I could do it. Not too bad. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What do you think, you know, is Lover the song that really like hit you the hardest or have there been songs? I feel like there are so many songs for so many different moments and occasions in our lives. So like, are there, like what stands out to you the most? I feel like there's probably a song from every single album for every single emotion that I have. Like there are times where I'm just like, I'm in like a boss mood and I'll like play, look what you made me do. And that's just like the anthem of my day, my week, whatever it is. Um, So I feel like there's, there's just so much relatability. And if I'm angry, I can listen to Taylor Swift and there's a song that hits on that emotion or, you know, if I'm feeling like goofy or just lovey dovey, That's her thing. She like hits on every emotion. How does she know what we're going through? Well, I mean, when you think about it, she's like very similar in age to us. So I feel like her like teenage angsty years, we were teens too. And all her first like relationships, that's when we were first having our like serious relationships. And I feel like there is nothing more relatable in life than love. Everyone feels it in some way. So there's always something that you can relate to in her music. Everyone has had a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, or love for a friend or love for a family member. All comes back to love. It all comes back to love. And it's like, that's what we do with our lives. Literally our jobs, our livelihood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. Okay. So what have you learned about love from working at OkCupid? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that there are so many different types of love and there are so many different types of relationships. I was definitely way more narrow-minded when I was younger. And now I see people of all different types of identities, all different types of races and religions and ethnicities and backgrounds finding love on our app. And it's like really special because there is no right way to be in love. And there's no, I, or there's no like perfect relationship the way we see in movies. I feel like there are people who are in open relationships on OkCupid and they have like the best relationship possible. So I think working here really opened my mind to just all the different types of love around the world. And that's kind of beautiful to see that like 
in New York, this is what people really care about. In Tel Aviv, this is what people care about. Like seeing how relationships change around the world. I think that's been the most rewarding part of this experience. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so fascinating. And and I know for me, like I definitely miss when I was working at Hinge and was able to like hear all that data and, and get to learn about it. Because I, I grew so much as an individual you know, not just in my dating life, but in every aspect of my life, just from hearing these different stories and, you know, just being able to celebrate all different kinds of love. I think it's such an amazing thing. And I think it also helps, you know, when we're dating and when we're struggling in dating, it feels like the world is like weighing on our shoulders and like pressing down on us. And it's like, oh my God, why is this a disaster? Why is it not working? And and you hear other people's love stories and instead of having it be like, oh, well, they can find love, but I can't. It's like, wow, these people found each other and have built this relationship. And yes, they have faced different hardships. They've struggled together, but they found each other and they're building a life together. It's just like, it's so beautiful. And I feel like it's really helpful in like grounding you from all of the disasters that are your dating life. (laughs) Yeah, but I also think like so many people apply so much pressure to themselves and like everyone should remind themselves that like, yes, love is great, but dating is so hard. It's challenging and you're not alone in your experience. And like there are friends that I talk to who are single and they're just so frustrated that I'm like, actually take a break from dating, like get off the apps. Like you don't have to be on the apps every second of the day. There's, you're going to reach a point where you're burnt out the same way you would be burnt out at work. So like get off the apps, spend time with your family, spend time with your friends, just live your life and then come back to it when you're ready. Like you have to be in the mindset, um, but don't think that like, it's gonna be the best experience all the time. It's hard, it's a job, it's so a job. It's completely a job and you know, there are gonna be ups and downs, there are gonna be days where you dread going to work and you don't wanna go on that date, but you go and you know, maybe you'll have a good time and maybe you won't. But I think, you know, I think looking at all of these dates as a learning experience is really helpful. Um, I would always try and and say like, look, even if the date doesn't go well, I'm either going to try a new type of food or a new drink or a new restaurant that I've been wanting to go to. And, you know, maybe I'll learn something about what this person does and, or I'll learn how to open up about something in a way that I haven't before. And, you know, it doesn't all have to be about like, Oh, did the date go well because they want to see you again or not? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, I, I don't remember when you talked about this, but you have talked about this on your podcast about like your first couple of dates with Jake. And I love that you were like, it took a minute. Yeah. Like it took a yeah. minute to get us where we are today because so many people are like, oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in love with them. And I'm like, wait, didn't you just go for drinks last night? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, it takes time. Like you, it, you need to like learn about each other. It's not how it is in the movies. Like we got to get over that. Exactly. And honestly, like I was the queen of coming home from a first date saying, oh my God, I'm in love. Literally my, the two years, first two years out of college, I lived with two of my best friends from college and we had a jar and we each had a thing where whenever we said or did this thing, we had to put a dollar in the jar. Uh, it's like the douchebag jar from new girl was the concept. And my thing was whenever I came home from a date, and said, oh my God, I'm in love. I had to put a dollar in the jar. (laughs) I was the biggest contributor to that jar. I invested most of my money into that jar. And guess what? Every single time I came home from a date and said, oh my God, I'm in love, the situation went to shit because I was just like 
obsessed. First of all, half the time I was just like anxious of like, do they like me? Second, I was obsessed with this person that I didn't know. And I was putting them on the world's tallest pedestal. And I was making myself smaller by doing that and giving them so much power. And I didn't even get the chance to, you know, get to know them or let them get to know me because I was so obsessed with like, I need them to like me because, oh my God, I'm in love. And I didn't even know this person. So slow and steady. We've heard that phrase, slow and steady wins race from like the time we were two. It's kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Michael, before I let you go, my final question for you is what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? Ooh, I love this question. Um, I would say be yourself and it sounds so corny. Um, We of course like want to present our best, best selves on a date, especially at the beginning of a relationship. But you have to make sure that while you're doing that, you're not losing who you truly are. So definitely like, you know, present the best version of yourself, but you have to stay true to you. You don't want someone to fall in like or fall in love with someone who isn't who you really are. So I would just say be, be yourself and, you know, someone will love that. Don't strip yourself down in any way. I love that so much. And I, feel like I could go on for an hour now off of that, but I'm not going to because (laughs) I've learned how to control (laughs) my thoughts and my spirals and my brain dumps sort of. Um, Michael, thank you so, so much for being here. Where can everybody find you? Is there anything specific you want to shout out? Yeah, you can find me at Michael K P R K A Y E P R on Instagram and Twitter. Um, And then for anyone who's listening, if you wind up creating an OkCupid profile, or maybe you're already on the app, if you email subscriptions at OkCupid.com, I will upgrade you for free for being a listener of this amazing podcast. Wow. All right. Now, no excuses, you guys. If you are out there and you know what you want and you are really like intentionally dating and you want to find somebody, Michael just gave you the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. Subscriptions at OkCupid.com. Love it. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow Michael KPR. Don't forget to share this with a friend who would benefit from hearing it. Send it to the group chat. Send it to your cousins, your coworkers. Everyone can learn a lot from this episode and from Michael. And if you haven't given a five-star rating and review, please do. It helps so, so much. And I love you all. I will talk to you next time.